Hey, man. Welcome to the Badam Ching with Carl. Howdy, my riders, and welcome back to another episode of the Badam Ching with Carl, man. How y'all doing? I think I'm doing okay. I think I'm always doing okay. You know, so far so good. Um, week was going okay. You know, this week we had uh, uh, East Room Comedy again, Ultimate Comedy, open mic, and it was really fun. I gotta say, uh, you know, I think everybody did great. It was good to see um, audience members that were engaged. That's always fun. It's always gonna make it fun. You know, it just feels good to act like a comic again. Does that make sense? Hope so. Um, East Room is since they're going to close down for a few weeks. It makes sense. I get it. You know, it's like uh, numbers are up and they're just being extra cautious. So look forward to uh, coming back safely for my people. You know what I'm saying? So how y'all doing, man? I hope you're okay. I'm sure you're okay. I hope you're okay. Thanksgiving's coming up, you know, and uh, it's weird times. And, like, I don't know how many people are going home. I decided to not go home. I'm just going to hang out in Nashville. Um, I got a quarantine gal, and we're just going to watch John Candy movies and, and make too much food and have a great time. Ain't that right, Nicole? <laughs> All right, man. Enough of my yapping. Yamming? Enough of my yamming. Enough of my yamming. That's Thanksgiving, right? It's Thanksgiving term. Yams. Okay. I bombed on my own podcast. All right, let's 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 jump right into it, man. Uh, John Hickok. Good Lord. What can we say about this man? Uh, that ain't already been said. Uh, it's a great comic. Uh, very funny man. Great hang. You know what I mean? Like, like he's always been good to me. John, um, he has like a like a famous, very famous YouTube podcast with his or podcast YouTube video with his father, like a gun video, and and, and they're like nationally known, you know. And it's funny because like one of my best friends back home, I was just talking to him nonchalantly about my night, and I was hanging out with my friend John Hickok, and he's like, "Wait, Hickok?" He's like, "Does." Does is he into guns? I'm like, well, yeah. And so, like, my my best friend back home became like a fanboy. He was like, hey, man, uh, do you think I can meet him? I'm like, no. <laughs> but like, I knew kind of of it, but like that really hit it home for me how popular he is, you know. So he's him and his father got the got the YouTube thing. Uh, uh, he showed me his Dimebag Daryl guitar collection. I'm a big Pantera guy as far as like, you know, guitars. He's in the metal. And, and John's actually responsible for keeping a lot of these mics open. Uh, for sure, man. He's hosting a lot of mics in town in these weird times where like everybody else is kind of like standoffish. John's like on the front lines of doing the thing. So I applaud that. Keep it up, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, John Hickok. 
You might be wondering, uh, what do I make YouTube videos about? Uh, you already know it's guns. <laughs> it's absolutely guns. Um, it's weird though, like, if you're, if you like guns, if you're into guns, sometimes people will say things that, you know, they're kind of rude, you know, they'll be like, uh, what do you like guns for? What, you got a small dick or something? They do say that. Uh, but that is why I have guns. great reason to carry a gun uh, because there's a thing my dick is way too small to slap a gun out of somebody's hand uh, so I just have to shoot him instead you know I do not have a self-defense sized dick it's not big enough for that I wish I did though I'll be honest that would be pretty cool to have a self-defense sized dick uh, because there's a lot of places that won't allow you to carry a gun in there. Uh, but you can bring your dick anywhere. Nowhere will tell you you can't bring your dick in there. It has to be concealed, though. That part is very important. Nobody wants to see all that. <laughs> that makes no sense to me, you know? Like, like someone, if they have a small dick, they're more likely to carry a gun, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you be so concerned with self-defense if you have no reason to live? <laughs> John, tell me something good, brother. All right, what's up, dude? How you doing? That's, didn't ask my question. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> no, no, I think I'm, yeah, I'm good, man. Like, uh, you know, life is good. Is that yeah, wrong yeah. to say right now? I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel good. Yeah, How I, do you like, feel? Uh, I like your backdrop. Thank you. That's cool. Can you see the back? Yeah, I can see it. Okay, like wood paneling. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like our seventies. Okay, yeah, yours is very, yours is very uh, apocalyptic. Like it is. It's got yeah. a lot of bunkers. Well, the house I'm living in now uh, was built in the seventies, and it sucks because like it had that that same paneling, which I really like. Well, it's like, I don't know if yours is real wood or not. They have in this house, they have the vinyl. It's like the vinyl paneling. I know that one. Yeah. Yeah. But this feels like real wood. I think it's okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's better. But like they painted over it, which sucks. Yeah. Cause you know, there's like that thing where they're like, Embarrassed. Oh, this is lame, so we got to, you know, we got to cover all this shit up. But I actually mm -hmm. like it. I like the old style. Some of those houses. Yeah. It's like, like it's, I don't know, polishing a turd like that. You can yeah. tell when, when paneling's painting painted over. You know right, exactly. They just painted over gray sense. or whatever. It's like I'd just rather they kept it, you know. Yeah. Normal. And you you recently moved, right? Yeah, yeah. Settling into the new place. Yep, yep. Secret location. Yeah, yeah. I ain't telling nobody, man. It's <laughs> in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> it's in that we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, man. So like like uh you know, I asked a lot of people, but like how how's this I mean, how's your life during this whole pandemic thing, man. Well, kind of like, uh, it's really weird cause it, you know, it derailed me comedy wise, but accelerated me, uh, with my other job. Mm -hmm. Um, because you know, my, my, my job is guns and the internet and those two <laughs> things have been thriving. <laughs> <laughs> 
in the pandemic. Yeah, you're right. And we will definitely get into that, man. Like, yeah. that, but yeah, that's a dumb question on my part, man. Cause like, for no, sure, no. I, I figured, I figured, yeah, <laughs> you, you be, know, be doing okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been going all right, which I feel guilty about. I, you know, I hate what's happened with, you know, small businesses and stuff. And I donated mm-hmm. a bunch of money and stuff during the, the pandemic and stuff, but it's still, it's like, it sucks. You know, I mean, it sucks what's happened to, to small businesses. It's like all the, uh, the big corporations like Amazon or whatever, you know, these places like they're, they're doing great, but you know, guys that own bars or whatever that rely on those, the foot traffic, it's really, really hurt them big time. And then what's going to happen, these places are going to close down and then uh, these big corporations are going to swoop in and just buy up all these places. And then everything is going to look gentrified. It's going to, it's going to change the landscape, you know, this whole, like, any, any kind of character, I think a lot of characters going to go away. Like yeah. you said, unfortunately, you know, it's going to be built up by like Chili's presents, you know, right. local bar or whatever it yeah. is. But you know, there's this, um, like, uh, I feel like there's a good analogy for it that. I just can't think of right now, but there's, there's this, well, there's this thing lurking in the shadows of like people having like more of a stronger desire for places like that, like we're talking about, like cool, like dive bars, hole in the wall places, like mm-hmm. real dive bars, not those fake ones, you know? Yeah, and yeah. And like as that grows and gets bigger and bigger, and people prefer that type of stuff, it's going to really undercut um, a lot of like what these big companies are trying to do and mass produce and stamp out everything, you know? Because people are going to go to Chili's and Applebee's. They're going to be like, I'd rather go to the, you know, Bill's. Uh, catfish or whatever it's like cost the same or not that much more and it's like a way cooler thing and you're supporting a guy you know yeah yeah i, I hope we keep that going you know what i mean like it, yeah. it just, like you said it, everything's up in the air right now it's, it's right. hard to you know predict the future but like yeah man I, i've always enjoyed like a local thing you mm-hmm. know i think most people do yeah it's cool right. to go to a place and say like, oh there's the owner he's here you know and mm-hmm. it's neat yeah, I mean, and you get stuff you never really seen before, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like it kills me whenever I'm like um, out on the road, especially with dad. It's like he always wants to eat at like places that we have at home. It's like, come on, <laughs> we're, we're in you know El Paso. Like, let's eat some Mexican food or let's. But you know, yeah, let's... that's a parent thing too, right? <laughs> Is that a generational thing where they just, you know, that that's comfort food to, to them to go to right. Cracker Barrel and go to like. Yeah those big exactly. big box stores or whatever you know yeah as I, you know i've gotten older like I, I feel like i'll never be that way when it comes to restaurants and food but like as i've gotten older i can at least like relate to that a little bit better like i went through that with beer like i used to be really into craft beer and stuff like oh i want to try these different types of beer but it's just like i get pissed off if they don't have pbr and it's like yeah. they don't have pbr it's like all right i guess coors light or something i don't know I definitely, I definitely never caught you in the uh, craft beer phase, man. Like no, I just no. know you to be a straight up like Miller, Miller High Life PBR guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, no comedy just beat that out of me. <laughs> <laughs> it's smart though. It's smart living. You know what I mean? Like imagine being a, a trying to be a comic and and buying craft beer. You know? Yeah. Last like you won't last a month. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too weak. It makes you soft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta have be that. a man. Drink the same beer. <laughs> <laughs> be a man. <laughs> <laughs> a man drinks the same beer wherever he is. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> but there's something, there's something comforting about that. Like, you know, if I'm in 
Vegas or, you know, Hawaii, you know, it's like, just give me a PBR. It's like, you know, that's what I'm used to. Feels like home. It's a universal thing you can always get. It's like a McDonald's hamburger, I guess. Right. You know? Yeah. Except that I don't comfort. feel that way about food for some reason. I don't know why. Like with food, it's like I want the local thing. Nothing wrong with that. And, and like I, I'm a foodie, I guess, you know, in that respect, you know, like, but also you can't really get the local beer, you know, if right. you're going to like, it is a Paducah. Right, if you're going right, to right. Paducah, Kentucky, you can't really say, give me the local craft. Beer. Maybe <laughs> right, you can. Exactly. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. A total. Yeah, it's not a total side by side comparison because it's like local food is not the same as craft beer. Right. It's not craft food. It's just, you know, that it's not like stamped out. Unless it's craft mac and cheese, right? All right, I right, had to, right. I had to, oh, I had to right. do that. Yeah, yeah, I went there, went there. <laughs> Dang, yeah, the the dog barked in the background here. That yeah, a I feel like you just wrote. I feel like you just wrote a new bit right there, Carl. Is that is that a, is that a bit? I think you just wrote a bit. I think I you wrote did. a bit. Okay. I mean, that's a Carl bit if I ever heard one. Taking a collective uh, drink there, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Drinking <laughs> yep. your PBR, hell yeah. Well, dude, uh, let's jump into it, man. Like, I'm really curious for me, and, and let's people know, like. Where did the comedy bug get you, man? Like, when did you get into it? I have no idea. Well, it was kind of like a multi-layered thing. Like, um, I, I was always interested in comedy. I, I'll tell you, like, <laughs> this just sounds so stupid, but the thing that got me into comedy was, so, like, when I was playing basketball very at a very young age, mm-hmm. um, I got into uh, rap music. <laughs> you know, I was not exposed to that growing up how I did, but playing basketball – so, so playing basketball got me into rap music and then like, and then I started to really quickly understand that there was this, you had like the edited rap music and you had like the real shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I've always been a guy who have like, if I'm into something, I want like the real shit. Once I figure out what the difference is, like I want the real thing or I don't want it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But then, so like, but well, growing up it was very conservative, you know? And I remember like late at night on uh, like BET, they would play like um, music videos. Like I had a hard time finding the unedited CDs. So they would play like music videos. They were like unedited and stuff. Right. So they had like the cussing in it and I'm very young. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, Oh, this is so cool. You know, I'd get up, you know, sneak downstairs and watch TV like one or two in the morning, you know, and they also would run uh, the original Kings of comedy. So that was like my first like real exposure to stand up comedy was like I wanted to hear rap with cussing. And I was like, oh, guys talking and being funny with cussing. I'm in, you know, <laughs> and so yeah, sure. I, I watched the original Kings of Comedy and uh, and then uh, LimeWire came around. I remember I would like download comedy and stuff like that. And I, I started out with uh, black comedy. That was like the only stand up I even knew about was, you know, like. Bernie Mac and uh, Chris Rock and all those guys and a bunch of guys I didn't even know their names. It was just like clips that I found off of, you know, downloaded and stuff. Like I remember one of the first jokes, I don't know even who the comic was that really struck me and made me laugh so hard was uh, it was this black comic. And he talked about um, this uh, bill collector calling him and being like, uh, now when can I expect payment? And he's like, motherfucker, you can expect payment whenever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you'll feel free to expect it, you know. <laughs> um, so, like, I always like that. And then I would like, uh, and then later in life, I would like hear stuff about comics and how they were and stuff. And I would like relate to like that just on a very human level. Like, oh, I'm like that. You know, I pissed in the bed for a long time. You know, it's like all that kind of stuff. And then so it was always like on my radar 
of like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I have this connection to, you know, stand up comedy, but I'm like real shy and afraid to talk in front of people. So like, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm that type of person, but I can't physically do it, you know? And then uh, when we started doing the YouTube stuff, then it just seemed less scary to me, like being and talking in front of people, even though it was just over the internet, you know? Yeah. But and that's then, just like one camera though, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. But, but just you know, the interaction with people and stuff online, it just, I don't know, it just, it felt less scary to me. And then also uh, realizing that uh, because of like how we uh, set up the channel, you know, with dad being the main host and everything, I was always just going to be the son, you know, of this channel. I was never going to really get like what I felt like um, was the res- was the respect that I felt like I deserved for like what I did to make that be what it is, you know? So I was like, I got to have my own thing. And that's what drove me uh, to comedy. At first, I was just kind of playing around with it. But then over time, I, you know, got a little more serious and stuff. So that was kind of how it happened. That was a long okay. story, but sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. no it's a, and it's a great story. But it segues into um, you talking about your YouTube channel. And uh, we at the Badumption would be far missed to, to talk about that, man. Like, like uh, I actually have friends that know you and your dad through the YouTube channel. And like, I was just talking about me and you like a year ago with, with uh, one of my good friends back home. I was like, yeah, I just hang out with my friend, uh, John Hickok. He's like, wait, Hickok. I was like, yeah. And he's like, from it's his dad, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, yeah. And like, he became a fanboy like immediately. And it's just us, just, us hanging out yeah i know it i i knew you did it but i didn't know it was on such a high level man you could you talk about that for, for a minute like like your yeah it, i guess it's your day job at this point right like, oh yeah it's, your, it gig, it's for, your gig man yeah hell, it has been for almost 10 years yeah that's yeah. amazing i like, like, like yeah. t- t- tell the people man like just in a nutshell if you can you have you have four minutes i'm just kidding no. <laughs> 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 uh, I, well, basically, I mean, the way it's, I get to, I tell you kind of how it started. The quick version was sure, man. Um, you know, I was in I was in college out in uh, East Tennessee, and I was uh, living in this apartment out there. And I so I grew up on a shooting range, right? So my dad obviously got me into guns, you know, and, and he was you know he he built or he uh, bought a house and set up a shooting range right before I was even born. So I grew up on a shooting range, like my bedroom window, I could look out and just see targets, you know, essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. So I grew up hearing gunfire constantly shooting with my dad. I learned to shoot when I was three years old, you know, shot, you know, my dad had a full auto Uzi like before I was even born. So like I, I shot machine guns and I was like four and five years old, you know, stuff like that. So I was in it, you know, I was indoctrinated. Yeah, so then yeah, I, went yeah. to, I went off to college um, it and I, and I wasn't even that crazy into guns at that time. So I was so distracted by just, you know, being a high school kid and college and playing basketball and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I almost sort of like took it for granted. Right. Cause I didn't understand how unusual that upbringing was, you know, I just didn't really get that. But then when I went, um, uh, out to, uh, East Tennessee and I was living in this apartment in like a more normal circumstance, like in the suburbs, um, I started to realize like, Oh, I can't just shoot everywhere. And I would like tell my friends about, you know, guns and how I brought up and they were just like fascinated by it. They were just like, well, it's so crazy. Like I never got to see like how weird it was until I like talked to other people about it, you know, and um, like in another place. And so it made me like appreciate it 
more, you know what I mean? I, and, and everything. And, uh, so then like I uh, discovered YouTube, I knew about YouTube before this, but I discovered, uh, like people were shooting guns on YouTube, right? There were no like gun videos, like in the sense of like what we do now and what you see now in there. It was just people being like, this is a 44 Magnum. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. You know, it's just like real simple stuff, you know? Um, so like I would vicariously live through them by watching people shoot guns because I miss like being home and being able to shoot guns and stuff. Right. And so watching that, I realized like, wait a minute. It's like, yeah, my dad could do this way better. He has all these guns and he has a range and everything. It's like, this could be done way better. You know, a lot of this stuff is not very good. We were always really close because he was a teacher. And so we had like summers off together and stuff. So we were always very close and, and uh, so I would talk to him on the phone, like, you know, every few days anyways. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking to him about what I was seeing, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that. I was like, you should make some of these uh, videos. Like you could do way better than these people. And I would like send him some and stuff. And, uh, and it also, the timing, it worked out perfectly because he was teaching this uh, book called Shane. Have you ever heard of it? I know the movie. You're talking about like yeah. the cowboy. Right. It's it. Yeah. That's it. The movie, the same thing. And, uh, yeah, yeah. and so like he dressed up like a cowboy and shot some of his cowboy guns, right, and filmed it for his class, you know, to to show them, to demonstrate to them. He was being a teacher, right? Yeah. And uh, and he had sent me that to see what I thought about it. And it was just like, I just like put two and two together. It's like, this has got to be something that do on YouTube, you know? And at that time, I was just like, you know, you just you do it, you know, because I was in college and and uh, I was I was out all the way out there and stuff. And he made a couple of videos and uh, some of the first ones that you'll see and I was like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty good, you know, and we sort of talked about it some. Well, then I dropped out of college, the worst time of the economy, I couldn't find a job, probably wasn't trying as hard as I should have anyways. So what year was this? 2008. Yep. And uh, so, 2008, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. So dropped out of college and then I was just home, living home again, at home again, right? You know, and that was a miserable kind of experience. Just, just you know, I'd been out on my own and had confidence in where my life was going and now I'm back home, you know, just, so I had nothing to live for hardly. And I was just like, you know what, let's just, I was like everything. I just put everything into like us making those videos just as a distraction from how doomed I felt like my life was at that time, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, just did it for fun. And then people liked it and it was a lot of fun. And then I've, you know, got finally got, got into some work again. I started working security and doing that and stuff and went back to school for a little bit and, just kind of was sort of getting my life moving again and then uh, just doing that on the side. And then next thing I knew, like, Oh, this is bringing in some real money and I don't really need to work anymore. And it just kind of gradually, you know, and uh, just gradually grew and grew and grew and to what it is today, you know, and it was just a big part of it was just getting in so early, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like such a nerd at that time about like the UK, YouTube, like at that time, you could really trick the YouTube algorithm in a way that you can't now as easily. How so? Because, well, just because they hadn't really like figured out that people could trick it yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there were <laughs> so there were certain things you could do with like titles and thumbnails and different things, and the way you could you could sort of coordinate stuff where you could really get lots of lots of views because you could literally just go and look and see what types of videos were getting lots of views, and you could sort of like imitate that the way that those look and different things it's not as nearly as effective as it once was because they figured all that out and they know and they kind of control it and stuff now but getting in early was huge huge it made a huge difference um okay 
So yeah, it just grew over time and, you know, it's been doing that ever since. And, and man, like I, I know you, you've um, talked to me time and time just in passing. You're like, man, I can't go to a, a gun show in Vegas or something like that without like your dad being stopped like a thousand times, you know, it's oh, like, constantly. Like yeah. just, it's not even that it's not even just gun shows anymore. It's like, I'll just call him on the phone. And he'll just be like at the post office or whatever. And I'll hear, I'll, he'll have to like stop for a second. Cause I'll hear someone be like, Hey, you got 45. Oh, thank you. You're good to me. And, it's, and so we got back to the conversation. You know, Let's talk yeah. about another passion, dude. Let's talk about them uh, guitars. Cause I've been in your house before dog. And like, I know we got, we got mutual, uh, uh, musical respect for like heavy metal and, and particularly yeah. uh Pantera man. And, and, and you've showed me personally, like, several uh Don Bagdaro guitars who was uh you know the late great RIP uh Pantera guitar player but like like uh beyond that you know we'll get into that if you want but like when do you start playing guitar well it was always like a a very casual thing that was always just 100% out of just my love of that type of music Mm -hmm. you know what I mean it was never like like, I feel like with guitar, I realized pretty early on, like, oh, this is not ever going to be my thing, but I still like it. So, like, I um, I got my first guitar probably when I was, like, I don't know, I want to say it was, like, 97, 98. So, I was maybe 10 or 9 or 10 or 11 or something like that. I was in college. <laughs> <laughs> Just funny. saying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not funny. <laughs> it was a... Uh, it was an early uh, Epiphone SG back when they were. Um, yeah, man. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess they're still made in Mexico, but but it's but the sure. early Epiphones are are known to be pretty good. You know, I, I always like like uh, threaten to get an Epiphone for myself because yeah. I'm a very novice uh, guitar player. You know. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Cool. It was an SG black SG. You know, bolt on neck or whatever. But but I uh, it was a neat guitar, but I uh, I just didn't really get into it that big. I played it for a little bit, like really wanted it, begged my parents for it, and then got it. I was like, oh, this is hard, and just like put it down. And then I got kind of serious about it in, uh, in high school, like around 2006, 2007, like senior in high school, I got a Jackson Dinky. Dinky? And, uh, yeah. Still have it. Still is a great guitar. It's a great guitar. It's like a you know, very Slayer looking, just thin, fast neck type guitar, you know. And uh, I played, you know, I got, you know, where I was like really trying to get good there for a little bit, but then just, you know, got distracted with, you know, just being married, having a kid, didn't play much or whatever. But then when I got my divorce, I picked it up again in like a really big way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, you know, then just played it more consistently, you know, for the last last few years. Here lately with, with moving and everything, I haven't played as much as I'd like to. I want to Get, every once I get finished setting up, I'm gonna start playing again more seriously. But but yeah, it's just a hobby. It's just a fun, you know. It's just fun to fuck around and you know if you're stressed out or whatever, it's a great stress relief. I'm sure you have that with the drums, right? If you're like stressed out, is that got to be one of the best things you can do? Yeah, man. Like usually when I'm on the on the verge of like like a panic attack, like it's just such a nice release, you know. Yeah. And, and just yeah, very therapeutic. And like it's usually just me and in the dark, and you know. But like getting reacquainted with that that movement and the feeling just, it, it calms me. You know, yeah. People always think that with, uh, with guns for some reason, I don't know why I've never had that. Uh, like if I'm like stressed out, I've never been like, I want to go shoot guns. I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why, but I've never, you know what I mean? That's never been like, I've heard people say that, but it's like guns is like a thing. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, there's some things where like, 
if you're in a bad mood, you kind of want to do. And then there's yeah. some things you only want to do when you're in a good mood. Like for me, that's kind of with guns. Like I'm not going to just, you know, because with shooting, it's like it's a whole thing. You got to clean the guns, and it's like get ammo and get everything together or whatever. It's like I'm I'm pissed off. I don't feel like doing that. You know? I'm glad I'm glad you say that because I know there's going to be people who will listen to this. We're like, oh, he just shoots gun. He's violent, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. whatever. But like, like you saying well, you only shoot guns when you're in a good mood, man. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good off, argument for it. Yeah, if, I, if I'm like pissed off, I'm more likely like, yeah, plug up a guitar and just start making noise. Like that feels more, you know. So, so when did the whole like collecting the dime bag thing, just for my own personal benefit, like when you start collecting dime bag guitars, man, cause you know, I'm a big Pantera guy as oh, you yeah. are too. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I always, uh, liked Pantera and always listened to Pantera, but, but, um, for some reason I got, went down this like YouTube rabbit hole. Like I listened to their music, <laughs> but it yeah. wasn't until I went down the YouTube rabbit hole of like, you know, like the videos and interviews and things like that. And, um, and there was this one video on YouTube. Uh, it was it's on the Loudwire channel. You ever watch that channel? Yeah, man. Sometimes, yeah, for news and stuff, metal yeah, news. Some cool stuff on there. And there's yeah. an interview with Phil and Somo on there. People listening, their front man and yep. the singer. He uh, he was talking about Dimebag. This is like interview was like from a few years ago, and he was like drunk as shit. But like just the way the fucking soul that he I can't even describe it. Like the soul he put into what he said and the way he said it just it like blew me away. It just blew me away. Just about like, Don's playing? Yeah, and everything. Just like, you know how sometimes it's like, uh, you know, it's all like in the eyes. Like when people say something, they really mean it. You know what I mean? It's just, it can't be faked. And it was just like the way he described Dimebag. You know, yeah. it's hard to explain. You almost have to see it. You, you probably, surely, you've seen this. I've you, seen it, man. Like, like, and I know that 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 passion that yeah. Phil has for, like, especially Pantera, and I've seen it yeah. in his eyes also. So oh yeah, like, sure, like, there's just like there's a part of that interview that sticks in my mind where he's like, uh, and he's drunk, and which makes it so much better. He's yes. like, uh, <laughs> he's like, and I don't care about. He's like, you know, sweeps and all that. He's like, that's boring bullshit for guitar nerds, and he's like. Did they have the soul dime bag had? And he goes, nope. And then burps. <laughs> just burps real big. And just the timing of all that, just the way he said it was so fucking funny and but powerful at the same yeah. time. And Dime would have done the same thing for him, you know. Oh, like for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Those dudes were just so real, you know. Yeah, man, for sure. And like, hey, remember that one time like you you said you found a guy that like knew the guy that knew Don Bag. Yeah. We're going to go down there and like interview him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We still do that sometime. We should do that, man. Yeah, like, is he, is he still yeah, around? He's still around. Yeah, like, he's still we'll, around. we'll pick Josh Wagner up or something, you know, oh, like, sure. Make man, it a dude, whole road thing. Something else, man. I do something else. I feel like talking to him. It's like, it gives you a little bit of a glimpse into what those guys were like. <laughs> that's what, that's what I want. I think, I, I think I yeah. need that in my life now, you know, like yeah, yeah. since I, we don't have the music anymore. Like I just miss being around yeah. that energy. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I'll reach out to him. We'll have to do that. His name is Stuart Taylor. He's a photographer. He took uh, some uh, really famous photos of Dimebag and stuff. And some of his most famous photos, you can, anyone listening can Google them. Uh, there's photos of uh, Dimebag and James Hetfield from Metallica yep. in Dimebag's room. And they're like hanging out and he's like looking at his guitars and stuff like that. There's like four or five of them. And, and he took those. Those were, he was there that day and took those photos. 
Oh yeah, man. And you've told me some uh, spicy stories about that too, man. Like, yeah, like, man, 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 you told me that that yeah. like shouldn't be uh, public. No, no, yeah, for sure. And like, maybe we'll talk about that yeah, if yeah. we ever go. You know, what I'm saying? Yeah. it's sort of like a thing. It's like he'll, yeah, he'll tell you some, still tell you some stuff, but he'll also say like, "Don't repeat this." <laughs> oh yeah, all day long, man. Dude, but it's not like bad stuff. It's just stuff that's probably better that isn't. It, it just wouldn't. You know, a certain context needs to be understood. Yeah, you know, some things need to be like you know behind closed doors. I guess. Yeah, yeah, Dude, the, the, uh, wild yeah. stuff. Wild stuff, man. Hey, man. Like, um, for, briefly, like I just want to touch on it. Just that uh, I think it could be important. Like during this this shutdown, I know that you have personally took it upon yourself to have like a workshop. You know, for whatever comics wanted to do it. I know y'all had a core of like five or six, at least yeah. that, that we're doing it every week. Can you talk about like going from the, uh, going from like a workshop to putting yourselves out there on the front lines? That's what Yeah. I mean, without getting into too many specifics, so basically, you know, I felt uh, that I worked uh, very hard to get to where I was and I didn't want to let COVID derail that. So I basically took two weeks off and then started the house show. Yep. My house, we did it twice a week um, until things started to open back up in like June or something like that. So we ran it for maybe two or three months, did it religiously uh, twice a week, every week, and made the best out of it. I don't know how productive it was, but it was more productive than not doing it. And I'll tell you what, man, some of the most fun times I ever had or at those shows in that in that basement. I mean, God, um, unbelievable. <laughs> that could be a whole podcast. You know, yeah, it probably that. could, man. For sure, just man. that you know. And then uh, once things open back up, uh, I was like, okay, I felt like things were coming back. Some mics came back, and then all of a sudden, everyone was like, oh, we got to shut down again. And I was like, no, no, I'm not shutting down shit. <laughs> so I started three open mics. Yep, and uh, ran those for a while. And then as more things started, uh, you know, coming back, then I started gradually backing off because I never wanted to run three open mics. Uh, but, you know, it, it beat the alternative. So so now it's the point where I just have one. I just have one mic and one show. You know, eventually, I, you know, I plan to have like probably just one mic and two shows. You know, I feel like because I'm trying to do the road a lot. So, you know, I don't want to like overextend myself you know, with what I got going on on the home front, you know. John, where can people uh, find you online, though? Uh, let's see, on Instagram, it's uh, John, uh, J-O-H-N underscore H-I-C-K-O-K-4-5. So John underscore Hickok 45 mm-hmm. on Instagram. And then just uh, John Hickok on Facebook. There's uh, a John Hickok YouTube channel. And then, of course, you know, Hickok 45 on, on YouTube. You got any, uh, um, are you doing any road shows or anything in the future? You got working on it, working on it, working on setting some of that up. Cause I know you're like, actually yeah, I, I see you doing a lot of road stuff. Like in the past, I know you did. Yeah. Before the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and even daring, but like one nighter stuff, but yeah, I got, got some stuff in the works for sure. Dude, we'll keep up with you, man. For sure, dude. Uh, dude, yeah. John, I appreciate you, man. Thank like, you, man. The fun, dude. And uh, uh, I appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the mics. And uh, you oh, know. yeah, I'll see you on Tuesday, probably. Hell yeah, man. Maybe we'll jam some Pantera sometime, man. Yeah, we'll be down with it. For that. sure. Go, right, go see that dude, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, John. See you later, man. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it.
episode done, man. Appreciate you guys hanging out again with the Badum Chain with Carl. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff, man. Never forget to send a like, give a review, and tell your friends, man. You know, like, let's keep this going. Uh, There's no end in sight. Got several guests lined up for the rest of the year. So, boom, baby. Keeping it going. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And guess what, man? We'll see you next week. Later.